Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Thank you for listening. Fall is here, and what a beautiful time of year it is in Georgia. This weekend, I completed one of my favorite and toughest fall bike rides. It's called Six Gaps in the Georgia Mountains. It was awesome, and I got to admit, pretty painful climbing those hills, mind over matter to get up those six mountain climbs here. Pretty big mountains in Georgia. You would you'd be surprised. Next week, I'm going on a sailing adventure in the Caribbean, assuming there aren't any hurricanes. We'll see, and uh, if I make it, I might just share that with you in a future podcast. I'm Rob Spee, host of Channel Journeys. I'm also a channel chief responsible for a global partner business. One of my goals for Channel Journeys is to help you be even more successful in your channel career. You get to hear from channel experts who share real-life stories of what works, what doesn't, and they're facing the same challenges we are all facing in building successful partnerships. One of those challenges is building a new channel. How do you find the right partners, get their attention with a shared mission, and how do you enable them to succeed? Well, today's guest, Nancy Sperry, is doing just that as the VP of Strategic Partnerships and Business Development at Alego. Nancy is recognized by CRN as one of the top women in the channel. She played a big role in developing the channel at Sage Intact, and now she's applying a similar strategy at Alego. Before we begin, though, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Allbound. If you're setting up a new partner portal or swapping out an old one, you need to check them out. Allbound is the maker of a world-leading partner portal that many vendors rely on to manage their diverse partner ecosystems. And that includes managing dealers and master agents, VARs and distributors, alliance partners, system integrators, the whole ecosystem. Allbound is fast and easy to set up, and their user interface makes it really easy on partners to collaborate with you on co-selling and co-marketing all the while that they're ramping up on training and certifications. So go check them out at allbound.com. Okay, are you ready to build a channel? Let's go. This is Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals. Here you will meet and learn from channel experts who share their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, channel chief, and adventure seeker, Rob Spee. Hey, Nancy, good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Hi, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's a beautiful day here in Atlanta, so all is good. How about you? Um, it is a chilly day up here in New England, and so the issue is is that we transition straight from summer into very cold. So I'm adjusting. You see I have a sweater on. It's a different, you know, going from shorts right to sweaters. It's a tough transition in the fall. Yeah. Tell us where in New England you're located. Yeah, so I live in the beautiful town of Gloucester, Massachusetts. So that's North Shore on the coast for anybody that's seen movies like The Perfect Storm or most recently the Coda movie last year. That's fall filmed in my town. It is a great little fishing town. I love that area. I used to live in Boston and, and my aunt had a place up in Rockport just next yep. door. Yeah, just next door. Some of the most, you know, you, you're, you get spoiled by the sunrises, sunsets, water views and things like that. But it's a quite it's quite a nice place to be. Yeah, beautiful. So. You're in a new role now going on about what, eight mm -hmm. months or so? Yes. Yes. So the eight months, it's about is oh, going on nine almost, Rob. We're getting to nine at this point. <laughs> so I think I'm going on about nine months at Beyond Trust too. So cool. Similar, similer tenure. And um, Alego, tell us what you guys do. Sure. So let me tell you a little bit about my role and then I'll talk about what, what we do. So I'm now the, leading the partner team here at Alego and 
Lego is a technology platform that allows for modern sales enablement. So what that really means is the ability to engage kind of your sales team from the time they come on board through deal execution in all layers, right? And so you have a technology that can take a new employee through a learning path, take that same employee as they get into deal execution and make sure that they have the right assets at the right time from a content standpoint and allow them to really activate content. So if you have a a new release that's coming out, understanding the components of that and giving them the skills so that they can talk about that with prospects. We then also have a coaching capability. So as a leader, you can actually coach your team to be better, right? So the, the key is really getting into that team that improves their performance. We're in a sales role. So improving performance by percentage points can be really powerful in terms of the way that it impacts your revenue and pipeline. Mm-hmm. And then also the way that you're engaging buyers. So we have a technology that also engages the buyer. So we have a digital sales room and a digital um, solutions room that is great capability to be able to share content and experiences with your buyers, meeting them where they are in the market today. So it's a full suite of solutions that really is designed to take your team to the next level in terms of their skills and capabilities. What stage would you say the company's at? You're you're not a startup. Nope. No, but at the same time, I think we're, I would say, late stage of a kind of a startup, just past okay. that point. So we are growing and I was, you know, my role was put in place just to make sure that we can take advantage of the opportunity that partners present in the market, right? Is to look at all the different types of partners that are out there and what are the ones that are applicable to our market, to our technology, to our customers, and make sure that we're we're getting our arms around them and um, in building partnerships that are valuable to both us and to the partners. Are you building the whole partner motion, partner program from scratch, from, from ground up? Um, so it's funny at Channel Focus, my presentation was about creating, you know, a, a program in a green field. I, I think it, any organization you walk in and a green field isn't exactly green. There's a lot of things that have been in place in relationships with external organizations. So the short answer is yes, I'm building a program from scratch. But what we're also looking at is, is all of the great relationships we have with partners to date and how do we enhance those and really look at a way that we can build a program that scales, right? Mm Because if we have all these different partner types and different ways that we engage with them, it's kind of hard to make that into a program that says, and here's three more that look like them that can help us get into this industry, that kind of strategy. So we're really looking at building, again, a green field. My my point was, is this never quite 100% green? There's still Mm -hmm. a lot of relationships that we can leverage to build on and get better. What type of partnerships were already existing when you came in or, or relationships? Sure. So we have a lot of what I would call alliance type partners, partners that we're working with on strategy and co-marketing. Our team is a, a great marketing team. So they've been very collaborative with a lot of our partners. We have a lot of referral relationships that we were working on and we have some partners that are our technology partners, right? So mm-hmm. again, looking at the ones that we think can programmatically help us scale and have a mutual benefit to the partner is what we're looking at to kind of drive the strategy. Would you say your, your technology is more of an emerging technology? You know, is there a lot of evangelism still going on? So it's kind of interesting. And part of the reason is that if you asked me a question three months ago, the answer that I give you today versus three months ago, it can be different, right? Because something, some dynamic has changed in the market and the technology mm-hmm. can help you adapt. 
So I, I think that if you had asked our organization two years ago, it, was, it would have been an emerging technology. But right now, it, I would say that organizations are required to have what would be considered some modernization in their sales enablement. Mm-hmm. And so when you sit at a table and you talk to a prospect, when you sit at a table and you talk to a buyer, there the expectation is that this tech that a technology like ours exists and is is able to be leveraged right and so well there is still some sense of that we're in an emerging market in terms of maybe it's not all the way built into every tech stack i will say that the conversation around sales enablement as a role in a technology is a standard in most organizations today that has been elevated that conversation has been elevated yeah, the conversation definitely has been elevated. It has at our company. We're putting a huge focus on, on new types of sales enablement too, because the conversations have changed. The whole, you know, with the buyer journey changing and the the expectation of of outcomes, right? It's it's yep. a different sales approach now, and you've got to train even seasoned reps. You've got to train them on a on a new approach. Yeah, and and that's been part of kind of our key strategies is that. Salespeople are, uh, you know, we can take salespeople through kind of that linear approach, but the reality is, is we're going to change the game and allow them to adapt if with a more agile approach. So agile just means in the moment of need, being able to look at it, at what you need, when you need it on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, another component of it is just is, isn't the, you know, here's the six days of training, but it's, you know, here are the tidbits and snippets and here are the best practices. Oh, and by the way, your sales team has people that are executing really well. And how do we crowdsource some of that learning to make others more effective? So all of those things become more critically important in a more competitive market to kind of give you that competitive edge around sales execution. So Mm -hmm. it has changed of, you know, not here's your kind of onboarding, but it's onboarding execution. You mentioned, you know, meeting the buyer where they are. We know that the the buyer's journey and, you know, is it 90% of the journey happens before they engage with you? And how often do you really want to talk to a sales rep? So having a technology that actually allows a buyer to, to kind of take their time and look at the content, share the content, look at all the different aspects of the conversations that we have had and be able to take their time with it in a digital environment is just critically important to being able to meet the buyer where they are. So what does that mean for you as you're building out from Greenfield and and building out your partner strategy and partner program? Mm -hmm. What does that look like for you? So I think it's, it's, you know, one of, you know, it's looking into the industries that we serve and trying to understand who the, you know, who our customers and prospects are working with. That's a, that's a large part of it. You know, we have the framework of the partners we want and the ideal partner profile. And some of that was developed through the partners we already have. But looking into those industries and really looking at those partner organizations that service our customers and how do we leverage them from whether it's an introduction or a co-selling or working together framework where we can best serve the customer and the prospect. So who are, what is your target market that you're going after? Because it starts with the customer and building your partner strategy. 
Yep. And so the, our ideal customer is an organization that has an enlightened organization around sales enablement. So that's one of the things. But we serve a handful of industries like technology, um, medical, med tech device, that type of industry. Financial services is a large market of ours. So when we look in those industries and, and the types of organizations where we're servicing mid-market all the way up to enterprise, we can identify who those, those customers are working with and then work through to get to our partner strategy. And for partners, what motions are you looking for? Are you looking for referral, resell, some type of service implementation, training, all of the above? So not quite all of the above. And I think a little bit has to do with kind of the, you know, you asked about the emerge, whether we're in an emerging market is there's there a lot of what we're looking for is around, you know, in our market is sales trainers. So those are the folks that are out there servicing the customer but okay. they may not per se be interested in the kind of the tech that technology play. So we're primarily looking for referral and or kind of training partners and content partners because those all augment that our customers' experiences. There are also organizations now that are out and starting to build out practices around evaluations and and sourcing on the on the customer side helping them evaluate technologies which mm-hmm. you know probably wasn't around a couple of years ago so technologies around sales enablement so we're looking at those folks to partner with and build awareness with also to make sure that we're kind of involved and engaged in those conversations and we've bumped into a few more of those even in the last 3 or 4 months what do those training companies look like is it everything from mom and pop to mega corporations it really is, um, especially you, you think about kind of the industry knowledge, right? And so you have some of the big players and we're collaborating closely with them in terms of some initiatives I'm working on with them. Mm-hmm. But then also you come in and you see these these organizations that are smaller to mid-sized organizations that started in industry is and have come out then to be a consultant to that industry. And so those people tend to have really strong relationships and they can help introduce us into organizations where they're providing great service today. So we want to make sure that we can collaborate with them and that their delivery kind of aligns with the technology. The other place that we see is that, you know, in the kind of, I'll call it the, from a partner standpoint, what I'll call a mid-market, but they may service enterprise clients. So the, mm-hmm. the consulting firms that really are sales training organizations with some okay. depth those are partners of ours also. And they can leverage our technology to help drive their solution, but they can also just you know, collaborate with us in terms of working with their customers. Do you find that they're already working with technology companies like yours, or is it really new to them to have this kind of partnership? I think it's a mix, right? So I think the ones that have been around, whether it's the kind of, I'll call the more traditional, larger scale consulting businesses, probably have more of a knowledge of that. And if you look at the market, a lot of the the technology companies are building partner programs. I mean, Rob, you've been in channels a while and the, the influx of kind of solutions around building partners is really, really blossoming. It's great mm-hmm. to see. There's so many more resources that are available to partner people like me and organizations. I think it's just a matter now of, of kind of filtering through to see the ones that are relevant to your team and your organization. Yeah. It's kind of it's come a long, long way in a short amount of time, whether it's um, podcasts and conferences and technologies, all to build out that channel ecosystem. It, yeah. it, you know, there's so much out there. You look at the menu and then you kind of have to self-select in the things that can help you get there in the near term and kind of strategies and technologies that you're going to use as you go forward. 
you're talking about the partner tech stack that you use in yes in it's executing your strategy. Right. And the Greenfield theme is is ever present on my mind. And, and other part of the Greenfield not necessarily being green is the tech that you inherit, right? Mm-hmm. So you come in and Salesforce and adapting Salesforce to meet the needs of the partner organization has been, it's been great, right? We've adapted and, um, and adopted a lot of kind of new components in our Salesforce. But then we've also expanded to look at technologies that support the partner relationships. So whether it's an ABM technology that can help us give insight to a partner customer or a prospect of ours that may be a partner customer and make sure that the conversation is relevant, mm-hmm. like empowering the partner to have a conversation and not just saying, hey, hey, can you help us? But by the way, your customer is, you know, or we believe your customer might be looking. So ABM is one way. There's also a lot of um the data mapping and data alignment tools that are mm-hmm. out there that we're that we're leveraging and that's part of our everyday conversation because when you're partnering what you really want to do is look at how do we how do we prioritize the conversation around places where we can grow faster together mm-hmm. and those those technologies absolutely support our ability to do that are you talking about the account mapping technology like a partner mm-hmm. tap or crossbeam that's correct yeah yeah and so that that's really helping you uncover where you have account overlap or also where partners are maybe even some uncovering new partners. Yeah. So I think all of the above is, is the mm-hmm. way that the tech is working is I can look at a, a prospect to prospect match. So that allows me to go in and say, okay, so what, what is our common message that we could activate an account with? Right. So I think of that as like a marketing strategy of looking at our prospect to prospect and how do we go out there and and kind of pursue it together, create, you know, messages, do webinars, all of those marketing types of activities. And then I look at the kind of the open opportunity. Is there an opportunity that we can leverage that those relationships? Can we co-sell? Can we, you know, kind of collaborate in the way that we approach a prospect? And then I think importantly on both sides is, is that customer overlap? Is there an opportunity to look and, and leverage that relationship to accelerate a prospect conversation? Mm-hmm. And so again, we we want to make sure that we're providing right the right information in that conversation to make it valuable for a partner to, you know, put their relationship in our hands, right? Because that's the that's the challenge, right? These are right. their prospects and customers and their trusted advisors. So we want to make sure that we're equipping them with the right level of information to 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 look great. Yeah, is the way we want to work on, right? And we want them to look great. Have you ever worked with these types of partners, these training partners, and in, in- Prior channel roles? So I have in prior channel roles in, in that a lot of our partners, my partners in my prior roles were industry experts, right? So at Dell Tech, we were pretty focused on a singular industry. So they would handle a lot of different components of the business. And a lot of implementation work was done through partners in, in mm-hmm. kind of any of my roles in the past. So right. I've worked with them um, it, it more around the technology that they delivered primarily. But when you think about the partner, or when I think about the partners that I've had before, their breadth and depth of offerings were much broader than what my technology provided. And I was able to work with them to collaborate on how we could kind of help there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't, it's not the typical VAR type, you know, Mm -hmm. partner, even the typical system integrator type partner that, that a lot of us work with. It reminds me of, of where you came from, Sage Intact. Mm-hmm. And I know from my conversations with Taylor McDonald, who's been on this podcast, and he talked a lot about building up 
what was then at the time kind of seen as a shadow channel, all yep. the accounting firms, right, who became yes. the primary channel for Intact. And, and, it, and yeah, that was that was fun, by the way. <laughs> Building that were, was actually were, extremely fun. You were fun. part of that, right? I was. I was part of the Sage Intact um, channel leadership team, and I was fortunate, right? That was eight or nine years of a lot of building and, and experimenting and testing. But yes, building that shadow channel in the beginning, it wasn't necessarily what they were leading with, but we had a belief in, right? So then being able to build that. And, and what I see as a correlation here is that when you think about sales enablement, it's not what people see today as, as in the standard sales or, or MarTech stack. And so we're just kind of just below it, or I'd say over to the left of it right now. And it, it has to evolve because sales enablement has to become part of the solution for companies and the technology mm -hmm. is there, right? So, so my thesis is that more and more organizations that are doing consulting around sales excellence and, and sales and marketing tech consulting will expand the offering. So reaching out to the kind of those similar types of organizations that support the sales excellence muscle is part of our strategy. And eventually they may come into a different type of motion, but today it's more about collaboration, serving the customer, and then we'll, we may evolve over time. What did you learn at Sage Intact in enabling and firing up the shadow channel, the accounting firms that you're now deploying and applying with these training firms? Well, it was a long time, so there are so many lessons, but I will <laughs> say that a few things of, around it is, is is picking the right partners and going deep with the right partners, right? It is mm -hmm. that, you know, to scale properly, you have to have the time to invest in a number of partners. And I don't want to go out and just sign up anybody to become a partner, but I want to sign up partners that have that kind of mutual strategy with us and are really kind of going to jump in with us because that will actually go faster than trying to get kind of support a large number of partners in a little way. So, yeah. so that was probably the biggest lesson there is that over time it, it proved itself out that, that really collaborating and picking partners that are a good fit for you and that are great partners and you have to be a great partner too, you're going to go faster and, and kind of get in, you know, be successful together in that way. Right. Right. How about how much internal selling are you doing in terms of getting your internal teams on board with, with your strategy? So I think that the organization is fully committed to partners, but I think having built a whole organization as you Chen has done from scratch, that is been a little bit more opportunistic about it. It's just a matter of kind of, of kind of tweaking that behavior to make sure that we know how to be a better partner in the world or be a partner in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't so much about the mind share because the belief is there. It's more about the execution of how do we get this done and what are the priorities to getting it done and what does it look like? Right. Cause there's a strong belief that we can go faster through partners. The question just becomes, you know, is this the right decision? Is this the right direction from a partnering standpoint? And in a, mm -hmm. a lot of conversations like this about what the market looks like and you know, and who are the likely players and how do we leverage relationships to get us going? Yeah. What other key points did you emphasize at, at Channel Focus on this topic? Yep. So technology was one of them. So we talked a little mm -hmm. bit about that, but the technology that you need to adapt because we were more opportunistic, a lot of what we did was manual. So looking at, at anything that I could to take some of the 
tasks out of the team's hand and, and put it into technology. So, you know, in addition to kind of building partner specific functions inside of Salesforce, it was just looking at the sales function that the team was using and how do we take advantage of that? Or yes. looking at what are we using for outbound calling as I prospect for partners? Are there assets like that that we have that our team can take advantage of? Um, and then, so so there was that that kind of what I looked at as saying, take advantage of the technology we have, what what's at the table and let's use it, including a Lego. We use a Lego all the time, both for our internal team and for our partners. We build a whole environment where they can come in and self-service and, and enable. And then what are the technologies that are going to be specific to partners that we need to adopt? So, you know, crossbeam in that, and then also looking at kind of that ABM strategy. So technology right. was a really big thing. But looking at how we build the story and communication is another big part of it. Because we're committed to partners doesn't necessarily mean everyone understands why and how and what. So it's right. this, I like to say there's this consistency that we need to get to where every, you know, each time we're talking about what's the value to us and how do we engage with partners on a regular basis. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, it's enablement because it's just enablement of my, my internal team about who are the right partners? How do we work with them? And, and what can we do to help you go faster sales team? And it's an education across the entire company, isn't it? Right. It, I mean, that- it is. And it's, you know, I'm fortunate. Everyone is really embracing it. Um, but again, how we do it is kind of the, the difference in how do we do it in a way that helps us scale. So, you know, you think you build a partner program, but I look at it, you know, every about every 60 days of like kind of what are the two big rocks that I can move to further the cause. And so mm-hmm. we built a, I'll call it a partner marketing place where now we can, we've listed our partners on the website and we're going to do another evolution in another month or two and just continue to build that out to make sure that we're providing the right level of value back to the partner. So we can, we can be collaborative, right? But there are projects like that that come up every couple of months, but it was great. The team loved, the whole sales team was so excited to, to have it and really be able to present it to their prospects and customers as these are the partners we work with. There may be somebody out there that does sales training that can help you. There may be an organization that provides a technology that can help you. And that's great for them because then they don't have to tell that story and kind of that one-to-one basis. It allows for that story to be told kind of whether it's from our website or the knowledge of the partners, it's much easier for them to, to tell it. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned using a Lego yourself. It sounded when I, when I was reading about it, it sounds like a technology that would help companies like ours, any any software vendor, technology vendor, enable their channel because we've got to do the Absolutely. exact same partner enablement. It is a big part of our strategy. And as I was at the event last week, just looking around the room, is, is channel enablement is a, is a really big challenge, right? And so how do you take the same sets of assets that are for your kind of internal sales team and extend them out to partners. Right. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's an easy button for us. And we're engaged with a lot of organizations that use our technology to educate, provide content and coach their partners. Right. Because Mm -hmm. as an organization that works with those kind of that external person, those opportunities are kind of less and less and trying to coordinate between yourself, a partner and a prospect is really hard. So if we can get that, you know, we can take that and make it a little bit more agile. Um, Our system can allow for those coaching moments with a partner and, you know, great partners are going to want to work with you and want to debrief with you and want to go through that with you 
to, you know, to get to more wins. So I, we are really um, excited about the opportunity about being able to empower partners. Yeah. Was that part of the initial company strategy or is that something that's evolved as you've seen that opportunity? I think that, you know, the organization saw that has seen that opportunity in particular with um, the, this, the markets that we serve. So you think about a med device and, and you're looking at a, like kind of a lot of external doctors organizations. You look mm-hmm. at financial services and a lot of advisors that are working with it. So they've kind of each created a unique way in engaging them. And then obviously with technology where there's, you know, go to market and channel strategy of resale and things like that. So it is the same capabilities, just adapted to the industry that, you know, inside of a tech company, if you have a channel, they're just going to extend their use to the partners. No, it just makes, makes sense. Makes a ton of sense for me. And, you know, I, I would say I, it's a, I get really excited talking about our technology because it is like so incredibly great and and different from, you know, the other options that are out there, Mm -hmm. especially from a partner standpoint where one, one place to come and kind of get all of your, you know, all of your enablement needs met and content needs met. That is game changing for a lot of organizations. Yeah. Very nice. So how about you? You are, you mentioned earlier, you were recognized by CRN, one of the top women in the channel. How did, how did you get to this nice position that you're in? So, you know, so I worked hard. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's usually what it takes. Yes. (laughs) That's usually what it takes. I mean, there's kind of a lot of things that, you know, my experiences at Dell Tech, I I dove into technology. I've always enjoyed the technical conversation. It's great to be able to understand kind of how you can really impact somebody's business and how great that is. Right. And so when the opportunity presents itself to work with a partner, I think it's, it's working with a customer times 10 because you get to start a relationship. If you're lucky, you know, you get to build a business together and then you get to kind of mutually succeed. So my favorite part of the the process and in, you know, the, the intact business was a great example of this is really getting to know partners and, you know, and, and building businesses that were incredibly valuable to us, but really great for the partners and incredibly valuable to them. And so all of that, you know, I think my experience at Intact was the one that kind of changed everything in terms of really understanding all about the partner business model and how we can influence that and shoot towards greater value for the partner, literally in the terms of an economic value or evaluation, or in in some cases, my partners were like employee-owned businesses. So it was return for the employees and how important Mm -hmm. that was for them. So yeah. it was this this experience around really understanding that that I think allowed us to scale and just the challenge every day of building a, a business that became really large meant that we got the opportunity to do all the different things that a partner organization can. In the beginning, we did everything. And then over time, we got to evolve to being in a greater team. So in this organization, you know, I have a smaller team and we're back to doing everything, but the path is there to, you know, to grow it and to, and to really help the business scale in a way that partners have the ability to do. I'm pretty excited about it. Were you intentionally looking for a new opportunity to, to do it over, to like build it again, like have that build opportunity? I was, I'm, I called it my personal unicorn. And so I was looking for an organization that was a B2B tech company, something that 
I was fortunate to find something in Boston that was of a particular size that actually mm -hmm. had a full commitment to kind of a partner strategy. So there were, um, there were, I think I had eight criteria and this organization met all of those. So I was really excited. It had a great investor. There was just kind of this layers of all these things that I was looking for in this opportunity to go in and kind of to build it and intentionally build it, you know, have a little bit different flavor to it, right? As you mentioned, my background had a lot to do with the traditional resale and or like the accountant component of it. This was had a little bit of a different challenge in it. So mm -hmm. I was looking forward to that. That was one of the eight, a, a new type of challenge. And something a little bit different, right? Something yeah. with, that would be a little bit different. And again, the challenge of building is is a challenge in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I love the building. I I, I, I really, really like that. the building, and you know, I think what you what happens too is that as you become a bigger organization, it's kind of like your focus becomes more and more finite, which is which is great, and you can do that. But then, it, to me, it was like all the other things and the operational and the kind of that, like I said, that partner relationship building and the business reviews, all those things that. I think are are really fun in a build mode, right? That you, you mm -hmm. almost get to, um, you have your experiences, but then you try and figure out how it's going to work here with this partner. Yeah, I agree. Well, Nancy, it's it's been a, a fun conversation. I really appreciate it. Any last words of advice for our listeners and who are maybe building a new channel or women who are earlier in their career who are aspiring to be channel chiefs? Yes, I think the biggest, so I like the aspiration in terms of women who are going to be building their careers is really around, I think, just leveraging a network, building and leveraging a network, right? There's a lot of people in, in you know, a lot of people out there that are there to help you in an organization like, you know, Channel Focus, where they have a Women's Leadership Council. There, mm -hmm. are, there are people out there that want to help. And so I strongly encourage folks to build their network and really create their journey for themselves, right? Is, is build your vision and then look at those around you that can help. And the thing about that is, is it doesn't necessarily need to be a channel leader that can help it, but build your relationship and your network inside of your organization with folks that sit across the table from you that have mm -hmm. a different skill set, but it has to be intentional to help complete your journey. So yeah. I am passionate about that. I work with my nieces and their friends and my daughter's friends to help them kind of Think about this as a journey that they have control over, but you have to put in the time and the effort in, into networking, into building your skills and, and getting there. Yeah, I love that. And great advice. And not just in the channel, as you mentioned, all your counterparts. All your counterparts, right? I mean, I have a dear friend that is was the head of the direct sales team, right? That I text with every once in a while and watch her journey, right? And th those are great relationships because they're great learning opportunities for me. And it's funny because now we haven't worked together in, I think, almost two years, but I still text, you know, occasionally checking in, how are you doing? There's a network out there that can support your journey and you need to build it. Great advice for anyone. I, thank you. Thanks for having <laughs> me today. It's been really fun being introspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I forced you to pause a little bit. Think about what you're doing and best of luck on your journey. It sounds like a fun one. Rob, I really appreciate your time and thanks for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, 
please forward it to your channel friends. And be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure. All right, guys, there you go. Building your channel starts with knowing your customers and what they need, then finding partners who can deliver that. And great advice from Nancy on advancing your career through networking, not just with your channel leaders, but with other leaders in and outside of your organization. Thank you for listening today. Thanks again to our sponsor, Allbound. I've spoken with Allbound customers, and I can see why they have best-in-class reviews for user experience, ease of use, and customer support. If you're looking for an easier way to manage your partner ecosystem, be sure to check them out at allbound.com. For today's show notes, just go to channeljourneys.com slash CJ98. You can subscribe while you are there. And if you enjoyed the show today, please take a few minutes and leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Join me next episode for more great partnering tips. Until then, have an awesome channel journey.